0: to the Pharmacy Podcast Network.
1: Sex PharmD podcast with your host, Dr. Nadia Archambault, licensed clinical pharmacist and certified sex therapist. With a focus on women's sexual health and wellness, Dr. A is here to cover important health topics and answer all of your questions about subjects that can be applied to pharmacy practice. And now, here's Dr. A. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Pharmacy Podcast Network's Sex PharmD. I am very excited for our guest today. Dr. Swathi Barnasi. Uh, we call her Dr. Swathi for short. Love it. Welcome, welcome. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. This is my like first
0: official appearance on another you know podcast show, so I love that.
1: Yes, and we're we're very happy to have you here. Um, so just a little a little about our guest here. Uh, Dr. Swathi is a bilingual pharmacist. Uh, what other languages do you speak? Um, Spanish
0: is the other one oh. that I use in like a medical context.
1: Mm-hmm. Excellent. That's so important. That's great. Um, so she specializes in integrative and preventative health. Uh, she has definitely paved the way for other healthcare professionals to pursue non-traditional career paths, which is so amazing. Uh, can't wait to talk about your journey. Um, she's created a postdoctoral training program Um programs plural, I should say, (laughs) Um, industry internships and online courses. She's not only a speaker, she's an author and co-founder of the international award-winning plant-based wellness and skincare brand, Element Apothic. Mm -hmm. And she is one of the newest hosts to join the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Also, we're really happy to have her here. Um, Her show is called The Element Apothic Show. So yeah, so welcome, welcome, and oh, thank you. Tell, tell us a little bit about what the show is going to be too. I'm sure our listeners will be excited to click on that one.
0: <laughs> Definitely,
1: yeah. So the show is really an answer
0: to a lot of practitioners' questions, a lot of providers' questions, a lot of you know students' questions about you know is there really research behind? botanicals, is there really research behind cannabinoids? So it's going to be delving into a lot of the studies that have actually been done and kind of my evaluation and clinical judgment on a lot of these studies. And then, you know, whether I recommend this botanical or this herb or this particular component for a certain, you know, whether it's disease state or for optimizing wellness. So it's, that's my overall intention with it is to be like, engaging and fun and educational while still, you know, providing insight and, and something that I don't really see a lot of people talking about.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no. And, and, you know, there's so many things about plant-based and diets and everything else, but I don't think there's a lot of science to back it up. A lot of people will say things, but there's not a lot backing it up. So I love what, you know, what your approach and how you really, taken a deep dive into what's working. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that's really great. Um, so as far as your background, what, what made you take this, this leap of faith, I guess I would call it and just kind of go into something completely different and non-traditional versus just working the bench in retail.
0: (laughs) Definitely. So, I mean, initially, I mean, I grew up around Ayurveda and this concept that herbs could be potentially a part of the healing process, but you know, my dad was a supplement formulator and my mom was a nurse. So very much seeped in this idea of conventional Mm -hmm. medicine from the get-go with like this hint of herbal medicine in the background, I guess, and knew from a young age that I wanted to do something in healthcare. That was pretty clear to me. I knew that that was a way that I could make an impact and I was fascinated by, by so many of the different science classes I took. So at at that point, I was like, okay, I want to do something in healthcare. And as I looked at all the different potential options within healthcare, I, you know, just looking at the people that I knew growing up, I knew pharmacists that, you know, were entrepreneurs. They owned their own pharmacies. They called all the shots. And to me, that was exciting. Um, But I also knew people who kind of worked on the industry side and they did things like marketing and business development. And, you know, a lot of other like things that maybe a healthcare professional, a conventional one wouldn't think of. But to me, the way I grew up seeing pharmacy was like this very versatile option. So I picked that initially thinking, okay, I'll definitely do, you know, one of those things that I knew about, not really knowing about the more conventional side of pharmacy, which is why most people, and especially most people in my graduating class and most graduating classes, I would argue, know the pharmacist behind the counter. So that's what excited them to go to pharmacy school. So I I was pretty much like one of the only people from the beginning that was like, I know I want to be a pharmacist. I know that they have so many transferable skills. I know that I can do so many things with this degree, but I wasn't like set on being the pharmacist behind the bench, even from like the first day of pharmacy school, or even like the white coat ceremony. Um, So I guess I approached it from a different standpoint of like, this is an incredible stepping stone to get to you know, like all these possible options and paths that a pharmacist can pave. So then as I went through pharmacy school, I was the only pharmacist by the, or the the only pharmacy student, I suppose, by the time I graduated who had never worked in a pharmacy because Ah. I knew that that was just something I didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. So I was out, you know, interning for medical device startups and um, doing clinical research, doing bench research, doing volunteer work, and really trying to figure out where I had my place in pharmacy. So it was really important to me that by the time I got to my appy schedule, that I cultivated my list to be like all the options that looked remotely interesting to me. Well, like within the, you know, conventional realm of being a pharmacist or maybe even conventional, I suppose at that point, um, because I found a mentor out in LA, which is, you know, after I finished pharmacy school in Charleston, South Carolina, I moved out to LA to train with her, but it all started with this appy rotation and networking and finding her and asking if there was a way that I could go out and, and do a rotation with her. And she said, yes, she'd had many out-of-state students before. Like, because at that point, she was one of the only people, maybe if not the only person offering that type of opportunity to students. It's yeah. an elective. So I had a chance to go and do the rotation. And honestly, within a few days was like, how do I make this my career? Like this woman is a superhero. And I just, cool. I, I loved that she viewed integrative health and she you know calls herself an integrative health pharmacist. Um, I love that she viewed health as this like, Interplay and conversation between different mm-hmm. modalities. And she didn't focus necessarily on one or another. So, whereas I would say the conventional scope of medicine really focuses only on prescriptions, she was like, prescriptions are great for some people, mm-hmm. but, you know, some people don't want to take them. And some people understand that, like, a statin is integral to the way that they function, but right. they also want to add other things to their regimen to optimize their wellness or, like, just improve their overall daily. Living our quality of life. So she stood in between this, like you know this these two sides that unfortunately i see in the integrative space especially as i was looking for mentors and stuff so many people are just so polarized in their opinions um within integrative health they're like anti prescription or they're like on the conventional right. side like anti herb and I, I i just think there has to be somewhere in between and i think as a conventional pharmacist or as a you know western trained pharmacist that that is the perfect place to be is to understand that like a lot of these Supplements are like cofactors in biochemical reactions and like they play such an integral role. So it's like, understanding that, but then also looking into all the other modalities of healing health and wellness. So talking Mm -hmm. about homeopathy or, um, traditional Chinese medicine or Ayurveda, or, you know, talking about the importance of nutrition and, um, movement and mindfulness and therapeutic aromatherapy. And, and at the end of the day, it's all about what the patient wants to me. And like what I learned through her was that it's all about patient centered, shared decision-making. And at the end of the day, that's what we really, Really need to think about as healthcare mm-hmm. professionals to be guides, to say, you know, if, if you want to have the best sleep of your life, I can give you 12 or 15 options and different mm-hmm. pathways that you can take. But as a patient, which one sounds the best to you? Some people are like, I just want to have an awesome chamomile tea before bed and right. ensure that I turn my lights off an hour before bed, have my red light, call it a day. Some people are like, just please give me some melatonin. Some people are willing to be a little more adventurous and try, you know, CBD or or valerian or other really great herbs out there. So it just, it really depends on the person and it's really just personalizing the experience so that the patient gets what they're looking for out of the, you know, out of, you know, their overall treatment goals and
1: and what they want from their lifestyle. Absolutely. You know, I think, what you said there is so true is that it's all about options for patients. It's not, and it's not just a one-sided, like they either have a prescription or they, they have an herbal supplement. They can't, you know, that's it. It's one or the other, but we have to integrative health is so important. And I, I think that people are more open-minded now, at least versus when you started with this, which I can't even imagine, you know, people were not as receptive to this new concept. but you know, they're going to like possibly be ordering this on Amazon. So why not? Why not you be that person where you can talk to the patients? You're their trusted healthcare professional. It makes a lot of sense for for you to, you know, to be doing that. And, And it's so important for our patients. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I'm, I,
0: I couldn't yeah. agree more. And it's being able to be that trusted resource. And I always say mm-hmm. like when you're learning about these other modalities that you don't have to be the expert in them. You just have to be able to answer the patient's question. So if they come to you and say, oh, what do you think of CBD for sleep? Then you should have, you know, like an answer that can help a patient, but mm-hmm. maybe in, instead of like, I think that there's a lot of discussion now of like, oh, you need to be the expert in all these, you know, botanical medicines. Whereas I say like as as long as you can help the patient and answer their questions, that's what's key. So it's knowing these like tips and tricks and knowing a few of these like super important tidbits that can really help you. So if a patient comes to you and say, Oh, what do you think about CBD for sleep? The first thing I do, or that I would recommend any healthcare professional do is look at their medication list and see like what medications they're on, what supplements they're on, what herbs they're on and ensure that there's no drug interactions because CBD is not a panacea. It's not going to solve all the world's issues, but but I I do think that there is a place in therapy for it, just as I think the same for prescription. So just ensuring that it's always, I mean, it's always looking at the risk versus the benefit. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's one of the main things I took away from pharmacy school that I use every single day and every Mm -hmm. decision I I make, whether it's a product formulation question or it's a one-on-one consultation with a patient or rather a customer. It's always thinking about how am I optimizing the risk-benefit ratio by making sure we have the highest amount of benefit with the lowest amount of risk. And sometimes when people want to take CBD, and I've done these one-on-one consultations with potential customers that haven't purchased the product yet. They'll ask like, Oh, you know, like this is my med list or uh, not the last they'll tell me what their med list is. Mm-hmm. And as I'm, after I'm done running down the med list, I'm like, these are really important medications and you don't want to, you know, add CBD necessarily to this. Cause it could make the efficacy of this certain medication pretty much obsolete. And then Mm -hmm. it eliminates the point of even taking the medication if you want to add, you know, certain herbs. So, again, very patient centric and very important to take into account all
1: these different factors. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, this is the way medicine should be, you know, so this is so great that you're doing this.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah. And it's, it's not only important that we do it and then we talk about it, but we also provide opportunities for the next generation of pharmacists to, to learn Mm -hmm. about like the roles that they can play. So even just as simple as pharmacists having the option or pharmacy students having the option to listen to the pharmacy podcast network and like listen to conversations like this is something I wish I had when I was in school. No kidding.
1: Right. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I know. It would have been amazing.
0: And I wouldn't have felt such a like, you know, black sheep trying to like figure out what I'm going to do as like this, you know, weirdo in the corner versus like hearing other people just openly talk about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I 100% agree that I think, and, and we didn't have what, everyone has now. Now I sound like an old person, <laughs> but we didn't, we didn't have, you know, podcasts and you know, all this, all the social media things or that we Instagram have now. or anything. Yeah. yeah I didn't exactly. think LinkedIn existed then. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's amazing now. So I want to get into, see so your products at element apothec. How did you, how did you get into this whole line of, of products? This is, it's a beautiful website. And I do want to remind our listeners, I'll, we'll have everything in the show notes, as far as how to contact you and this website and your main website also.
0: Definitely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I mean, through the beauty of networking, I happened to meet my two co-founders and Mm -hmm. I mean, I was at the point where I was doing a lot of like consultations and like, you know, just consulting work in general for supplement brands and for health food brands and whether it's helping to provide evidence-based education through blog posts or videos, or I was Mm -hmm. helping with actual product formulation or supplement formulation. I was getting all this, you know, experience and finding a lot of voids in the market and really not being comfortable. I mean there I mean there are quite a few brands I would recommend, but overall I was pretty uncomfortable with the number of brands that were out there that weren't doing it in the right way. And another thing that I found too with like the CBD world is that at least at the time is that there was such a focus and there still tends to be a focus within the CBD just industry that products only have cannabinoids in them. And to me, then I'd be recommending these products that had cannabinoids, but then like recommending four other supplements to like complement them. Cause I'm like Mm -hmm. these supplements or these other herbs will synergize with the cannabinoids. You can take less of the cannabinoids. And I was just thinking what, what if there was a way to put it all in one product, you know, so that, that was, that was a lot of my initial thought process. Um, And I had been thinking about this for a while. And then I happened to um, our like two co-founders at the company, and so one of the one of our co-founders, it, her um, her name's Davina. She's our CEO, and her great aunt was diagnosed with quite a few autoimmune conditions. Mm. And you know, through the process of being diagnosed, she found out she had a lot had a lot of allergies to conventional medications and. Mm just was not given a very good prognosis and was kind of just told, you know, modern medicine can't really help you. Like, we're so sorry, but like, this is kind of it. And at that point she was close to bedridden and she just didn't want to take that as an answer. So she took it upon herself to learn about the world of herbs. And that also led her to learning about cannabis. And she started creating a lot of formulations that pretty much helped save her life. Wow. yeah. And so she, and she realized, you know, like I'm not a businesswoman, but like our CEO is a businesswoman and has like experience in that side. And she was like, you know, is there a way that Divina, would you consider bringing these formulations from the kitchen to the world is kind of the way she always says it. Um, oh, and so, I love that. I know. And so that was kind of like the initial, you know, start of the company, which was like over a decade ago. And then mm-hmm. by the time that I met the co-founders, it's really when we were taking these formulations, and figuring out how we can bring them to the world, but updating them with a lot of modern science. So um, a lot of what I did initially is when I was initially asked to be a part of the team was at a, as a medical advisor. Mm. And then as I took on more and more you know, responsibility and and everything at the company, I was asked to come on as a co-founder and now I'm the chief scientific officer. So I run all things product from, you know, clinical development, product testing, um, and all of the clinical studies that we're starting this quarter. And then on the other side, it's all of the medical affairs, medical education. So being able to get in front of providers, consumers Mm -hmm. and students, and really help them learn about the potential benefits of, of cannabinoids, but also other herbs. And that's something that really stood out to me when she talked to me for the first time was, you know, their formulations were not just going to be like CBD and an oil on in a bottle. It was actually going to be other herbs that worked for her aunt. And over time, her aunt was not only creating formulations for herself, but she started creating formulations for a lot of their family members and a lot of their friends and a lot of their neighborhood and community and everything. And So there were a list of like 40 plus formulations to start. And so since we've kind of used those as the skeleton and jumped off from there with a lot of the modern science and, you know, being a part of product formulation, as well as education, a part of that is like building expertise too within the company. So, you know, not only am I an integrative pharmacist, you know, but I'm, I'm not a physician. I I don't hang out with patients every single day. I do one-on-one consultations, which I absolutely love with customers, but I don't have a chance to do that all the time anymore. So we wanted to bring in the right clinical experts to build out our medical advisory team. So I work very closely with them to evaluate whether it's monthly or every other week, like how we can push these formulations forward with some research, either that they've done or research that they'll, you know, bring to me and say, what about this ingredient? Um, So that's kind of, you know, the way that we've decided to move forward with the company is to really have this like medically driven CBD company, which is not really the norm right now, I'd love to see that be the norm in like the next five to 10 years, but right now we're kind of at the the forefront of, you know, really putting evidence-based education and this medical oversight over formulations and in a a way that no one's doing quite yet.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and it's important also that people are, you know, not buying CBD products and other things like in a gas station, (laughs) you know, it it infuriates me when I see that.
0: Me Um, too.
1: So I'm, I'm on the, the Element Apothic website. Now, if mm-hmm. I am, let's pretend I am a patient, uh, I have low libido since this is sex farm D and I'll tie it in <laughs> yeah. or, you know, or some products that, that, um, you stand by that you, you know, you would recommend for someone and low libido can be, you know, a result of maybe they're not sleeping, you know, or thyroid. There's so many other things also. And it looks like, you know, you have so many products on here also. But do you have anything that might help someone um, as far as as far as that goes or for women, you know, to balance them out and things like that.
0: Definitely. So the way that the endocannabinoid system and the way that cannabinoids work with the endocannabinoid system really comes down to this idea of balance and homeostasis. And a lot of that is because the cannabinoid receptors that we know the most about CB1 and CB2 are found in almost every single organ system in the body. So they're not like concentrated to one organ. Um, And so that's why they really have like an indirect or direct relationship with a lot of the processes and neurotransmitter activity and stuff that happens in our body. So that's like first and foremost for just this idea of balance. I love the idea of taking cannabinoids every single day, um, just to help promote that idea of homeostasis within the body. And you'll see over time how that can really help so many different things, including libido. Um, but I, I did want to point out too, I think that, you know, there's part of taking it internally that, you know, really helps alleviate and helps balance everything out. But there's also benefit with putting things on topically and how those both can mm-hmm. work together. So, um, it, I think it really depends the person and, and what they're interested in, you know, or what they're interested in, pr- in improving. Um, I really like her calm, cool collected tincture for any sort of like anxiety or stress. I love it as like, you know, for focus or feeling like present in the moment. So mm-hmm. that could be incredible for sex. And then I also think yeah. too, like anything with like anxiety related things like performance anxiety is really big. So I would say like, um, the calm, cool collected for that could be incredible. I would say that, you know, it does take 30 to 60 minutes to work cause you're taking it under the tongue. So you, you know, hold it under your tongue and then you let it swallow after 30 to 60 seconds for optimal absorption. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say like, if you're, if you're looking to use it for that reason, that just to ensure that, you know, you're, taking it with enough time beforehand Mm -hmm. would be my suggestion. Um, with cannabinoids though, it's, it's all about like personalizing the experience. So like Mm -hmm. maybe one time you'll take a little bit more for a different experience. Maybe one time you'll take a little bit less, but it, you know, that's why I really like the, the tinctures, the under the tongue tinctures, because you can really just, it empowers the patient to figure out what kind of experience they want, but you know, to get to that point of personalizing the experience, it, it takes a little bit of patience to Mm -hmm. slowly amp up the dose a little bit. So I would say, you know, always start, I always recommend to start with a quarter dropper. We have two different formulations with our under the tongue. Um, we have a 500 milligram bottle. So that's for like 30 to 60 servings, depending on how much you take, or maybe even more servings than that it depends on how mm-hmm. much you need. Um, but then we also have had a 1500 milligram bottle. So it really depends on, you know, what the patient's familiarity is with cannabinoid. So if there's someone who takes, you know, a cannabinoid or like a CBD gummy once a week or something, mm-hmm. then I would say that they should start on like the lower end with the smaller dose. I'm always big on like, let's go for the lower dose if possible. And we can always work our way up. So I would say like like like, I would start with that bottle. Whereas someone who like is a recreational smoker, um, Mm -hmm. and they have been trying and doing a bunch of different, you know, CBD products, whether topically or systemically, I would say then, then start with the 1500 bottle, but it really depends on the person and how often they're consuming cannabinoids. And, you know, it's not that, you know, they were a recreational smoker in college that was years ago, but it's more of like, you know, what are they doing now and what are they doing regularly now? So, um, that's really important. Um, and yeah, it's just that that sense of patience that's, you know, like going through the the process of trying different things. But um, yeah, so I would say stress and anxiety are big, like performance anxiety. I also mm-hmm. think it's and I also mentioned the idea of like being present in the moment um, with the calm, cool, collected tincture for overall wellness. I really like our be well tincture um, for to, I guess, specifically answer your question is like for overall wellness and baseline, I would definitely recommend our be well tincture for that um and then there's also to um the um the, we have a lotion that's really amazing so that could be used for massage that could be oh used yeah for recovery so there are mm-hmm. things like that to help amplify the experience as well Is that
1: the nourish lotion that yeah, you the have nourish lotion
0: yes exactly. i saw that that's
1: really cool yeah i actually
0: have that right here
1: oh that's yeah. awesome <laughs> i always yeah, keep no, it on my desk <laughs> i love that yeah with the tinctures i always say Start low, go slow. (laughs) Yeah. So I always
0: say start low, go slow, and stay low is what I add. Okay. Um, Because like a lot of the time people like put, you know, cannabinoids and, you know, other herbs in the same category as prescriptions. And they're like, Oh, if I take more then I'll feel more and cannabinoids have a biphasic effect. So it's actually not necessarily true. It's more of finding mm-hmm. the right, right, exact dose for you that works the best for you. Um, and another thing that I also love to talk about with cannabinoids and the endocannabinoid system is that, you know, one of the myths that's really fun to bust is, you know, when people are exercising or doing some sort of like vigorous activity, a lot of that comes back to this release of what people think are endorphins. And it's it's not necessarily wrong. And actually, if you look at the biochemical cascade, there is the release of endorphins all the way at the end. So that's like where the endorphin hypothesis came from, you know, decades ago. However, if you look farther upstream, Mm -hmm. a lot of it starts with the release of anandamide, which is an endocannabinoid. And this endocannabinoid is thought to work exactly like THC. So it binds to the CB1 receptor, which is the one found more densely in the central nervous system. And also the one associated with like providing a high. So it's like, after you work out, you get this runner's high quote unquote, which people say is to do with endorphins, which is not false, but it's more closely associated with this anandamide release. And Mm generally during vigorous exercise or sex included mm-hmm. there's also this release of anandamide so after you feel this euphoria it could be the orgasm also and that's really all plays together really beautifully so it's it's more than just you know what cannabinoids we can include into our bo- into our life into our body you know into our lifestyle um it's also the endocannabinoids that we create ourselves so it's it's what is called cannabimimetics i wish i came up with the term but i i just talk. About it I wish this was in <laughs> pharmacy
1: school when I went I to know. school, right? Like this didn't even exist. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and yeah. I
0: hear that like I mean, sometimes I'm asked to give lectures and stuff. So they they have like one-off lectures or this that and the other, but I mean, I have yet to see like a Full on, you know, elective course or even have it, it be. be a part yeah. of the curriculum. I mean, I would love that. I'd love to teach it, but it, it's just so many things like this where like, I, I it's so interesting to learn. And it also yeah. provides this bridge into understanding that like the endocannabinoid system is not that foreign or not that crazy or different than any other system, especially mm-hmm. if we can relate it to the functionality of a lot of other systems. So, um, yeah, anandamide is, is big and, and I love talking about cannabimimetics though, because a lot of people are like, oh, you know, what if I, I'm not ready to incorporate cannabinoids? I, I'm, I'm not ready for that step yet. Then I'm like, okay, let's optimize the endocannabinoid system with a lot of other things we can do, like mindfulness in the endocannabinoid system. Yeah. There are lots mm-hmm. of studies. What about like, you know, exercise in the endocannabinoid system? So there's a lot of other ways. There's a lot of really great like spices within like nutrition and recipes mm-hmm. that can also optimize like black pepper or curcumin and some of the active components there that bind to the CB1 or CB2 receptors. So, I mean, there's interesting. Like so I didn't much know to that. say. Oh, mm-hmm.
1: huh.
0: oh now, yeah, definitely. If, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: now when I'm looking at this, I know what CBD is, but CBG, what does that mean when I'm looking at your labeling?
0: Oh yeah. So CBG and we also have CBN in some of our products and those, um, so there's actually 200 known cannabinoids. So these are all like naturally occurring cannabinoids found in the cannabis plant or the hemp plant. Um, and so CBG and CBN are considered minor cannabinoids. I joke that they're, you know, they're only called minor because they're at lower percentages in the cannabis plant, not because they're minor in their like therapeutic use or potential (laughs) or anything. They're just like, you know, Know, like all cannabinoids are like siblings. They all like mm-hmm. hang out in the plant, they're all like related, but like they all like <laughs> do their own thing at, yeah. at the same time. But also, I mean they are siblings, so they can like synergize and work together when they want to. Um, so we use CBG and CBN um as minor cannabinoids that are used for certain things. So CBG, for example, I call the CBG great for like gut and glow. So mm-hmm. it's really great for like radiant skin. So we use it in a lot of our skincare. Um, really. great for hyperpigmentation and the, um, less appearance of redness in the skin. Um, and just like overall, like brightness and radiance, like I can tell if I haven't used it for a while. So I, I really love that. And then, um, then CBN is a bit more for, um, sleep. That's where like all the research oh, is, is like okay. sleep, I guess also some with muscle recovery as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I feel like CBN's kind of taken off recently within the cannabis space and like so many products now are like, only focused on like CBN for sleep, and so that's what we have in our sleep tincture. We have our CBD and CBN combination, Um, and it's thought to be you know just as potent as THC, but without the you know euphoric effect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No.
1: Okay. Okay. That's I wasn't I wasn't 100% positive. I wanted to make sure I knew, and then for our listeners that are looking at this also. Yeah. No, this is good stuff. I mean, I've recommended it to my patients in my, you know, sexual health coaching and therapy. Um, and I know it's, again, you know, there's so many different CBD products out there. It's good to give your patients options, like you said, you know, so this is great. You know, this is backed by research and it's not just some bogus CBD company that you're not even sure is reputable. (laughs) <laughs> you know definitely so, yeah. I mean it's good yeah and
0: and like that's one of the issues currently in the cannabis space and then the CbD space in general is that people are seeing like the possible market cap and then they get excited and they want to start a brand but they don't really fully understand what it means to have like the right third-party testing and what it means to have organic hemp like we use right. organic hemp in ours and we're all about like no pesticides we do more testing than most companies because we're we just want to make sure what we're giving to the patient is going to help them. And that's also why we do so many like internal studies and figuring out what's actually going to work for the patient. Because I mean, the worst thing is being the patient and then picking up a product and like spending a good amount of money on a product and then realizing like, oh my gosh, this doesn't work for me. Um, And I mean, part of that and why we're so focused on, you know, not only having great products is, is supporting that with education. And so much of what I do has to do with education, because it's just, there needs to be more discussion openly about how we can use these and how we can use these in a safe way. And that's, you know, why we offer consultations and, um, Actually next month I'm launching a course um specifically oh, cool. through the brand so that is going to be the first ever online course that's you know self-paced and multi-module specifically for consumers interested in learning more about you know cannabinoids and how they can incorporate that into their daily life in a really like sustainable and, and healthy way mm-hmm. um so that's something also we're working on so it's like what other types of education can we provide, you know, whether it's Instagram lives, doing the podcast and so many other ways that we can help reach people.
1: Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. That's fantastic. Oh, thank you. That's great. No. And I think when it, when it relates to, to sexual health, we always forget, I feel like we, we kind of put it like on the back burner, but CBD can have a big impact on sexual health. And we forget to talk about that with patients. That's like a conversation that we miss. I feel like a lot of the times because pharmacists, you know, it's, it can be taboo for some people. They might not feel comfortable. Like that's part of the process that I've been trying to educate pharmacists and other healthcare practitioners more about having those open conversations with patients. So, you know, of of course there's that whole theory where they get to know you, they get to like you, they get to trust you. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. So with you know, with CBD products, we miss that a lot of times when we're, when we're talking to patients, it's not just for pain or anxiety, it, it, that, because those can be factors in, in your sexual health, Mm -hmm. you you know, so, you know, the performance anxiety and a lot of other issues that people have can contribute to, to a poor sex life, low libido, or just how they're feeling in general. Exactly. Yeah. Now, as far as, you know, what you've done with your consulting work also really fascinates me. Have you seen anything as far as these other, other, um, companies where you've done consulting work for as far as products for sexual health and wellness? Is there anything that you found, you know, that kind of jumps out at you? That's interesting. I know there's the horny goat weed and (laughs) there's a lot, there's so many different things, but I'm just curious as far as like what you've seen in your practice.
0: I would say like with what I've done thus far, it's not really a big focus, but I do mm-hmm. see that changing. If you look at like, you know, trend forecasting and things like that for 23 and 24, so much of it is about women's wellness. And a lot mm-hmm. of women's wellness is about empowering everyone to talk about their sex lives openly and to have an awesome one. So I I think that I see that as a trend moving forward. And that's a lot of the projected thought mm-hmm. from the industry. But that being said, I don't really see that as like a focus or anything right now. Yeah. And I mean, any company that I've like consulted with, they were not really creating any products specifically for that.
1: Isn't it interesting though?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really find I mean, that. I, interesting. I think it's just because of the, the taboo that's been yeah. around it for so many years that people mm-hmm. are like, oh my gosh, are we going to be the one to like talk about it and put yeah. ads on Google about it? So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, but I also, I, I do see some companies coming out and like, at least their angle is more of like, let's do things for women's wellness. And then that, that like, that, like mm-hmm. that is like kind of encapsulated within this mm-hmm. idea of sexual wellness, but openly and overtly, I haven't really seen a lot of brands address you know, sexual wellness specifically. Yeah, yeah. I just
1: care. You know, I'm so curious about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as if they want to order your products, can, can a pharmacy stock this in their pharmacy or it's just online only? If so, it's just um, for personal use or how does that work?
0: Yeah. So, um, we are broad spectrum for the most part, most of our products are broad spectrum. Um, so that means that we don't have any THC. We have 0% THC in all of our products. So, um, you can order them online. Um, they also can be stocked in pharmacies. Um, they can be in wellness centers. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of like the differentiation. And then if you Mm. see the terminology of like full spectrum, if you see that in a pharmacy, that means that they have like up to 0.3% of THC. And then if they have any more than point three percent THC. Then you have to go to a dispensary to get it. At least yes. in 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 every state so far, that's how it's been. Um, so yeah, as of now, we don't use any THC. So you can find our products, you know, in a lot of different pharmacies and small um, grocery stores and things like that. But the, yeah, the easiest way to get it straight to your house is uh, just direct to consumer through the website.
1: That's great because that's hard to uh, hard to find sometimes. You know, where you can just order it online, which yeah. is really good.
0: Definitely, from and a
1: trusted site. <laughs> exactly. I was
0: gonna say, from a trusted site is yeah. really important. Like, we don't need to knock Amazon or any of those, you know, websites necessarily. But you have to think about the big warehouses and how long product sits in there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that, you know, you might get something from Amazon and it might may have already gone bad, or maybe it's already been sitting out in questionable temperatures. And you just have to, you have to just think about it a little more. Like, it might be you know cheaper price on Amazon, but It's also means that like Amazon takes such a big cut that like the company's not really getting in any of the, you know, outcome anyway. So if ever you can buy small,
1: I always say buy small. I always do too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I want to shift over to your book, The Sacred Feminine, a collection. It's called A Collection of Insights from the Higher Self. I have it right here. What a beautiful, what a beautiful title. What a beautiful book cover. For those of you listening, definitely just it's it's such a great concept. So I want you to talk about that because I think this is really awesome.
0: <laughs> Definitely. So also through the magic of networking, I um, met 19 other incredible ladies. This is kind of like during COVID and when everyone, mm-hmm. everyone was feeling so isolated and alone and, and, and everything. And we were looking for community. So we found one another on Clubhouse um, and we had been talking about how can we work together? And there were two girls in there in particular that were talking about, like they've always wanted to put together this anthology of women's stories. stories. Stories that really talk about this idea of empowerment and living in your sacred feminine and how you Mm -hmm. define that and what that means to you. So Everyone was kind of, everyone who said yes was allotted a chapter of the book. And so we all like wrote our own, you know, stories and spins on what it means to be in the sacred feminine for us. And, you know, of course, with like tangible takeaways for the reader to figure out, you know, what, what, what is going to resonate with them. We've had, we have everyone on there from people who are like, you know, jewelry designers to healthcare professionals, to real estate brokers, to, um, to, um, uh, like anyone, like there's so many different kinds of people in there. So, um, it, it really is amazing. Like the number of people that are in there and the number, like the stories that people have to share, like even the, the chapter on the jewelry designer, she doesn't even talk about her business. She's talking about something completely else entirely. So (laughs) it's, it's, it's amazing. Like what people have to share and this like idea of like collective thought, Mm-hmm. Um, was something that I feel like was, was really like missing in the positive, especially in the pandemic. Mm. So to come together and to do this together in, in in a way and get it published is, is really exciting for us.
1: I love it. And I'm oh, assuming you, you did, did you do your own personal chapter also? Yes, or you... I did my oh. own chapter. Mm-hmm. That's great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mine I can't is, wait to order mm, it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I can send you the link here. I yeah. Write it down. Yeah. I can send you the link to, to order, it. but, um, yeah. And we're talking about like what it would mean to do another one. So maybe mm-hmm. we'll do another one like next year. So we'll see it's, I mean, like the process of writing a book is really incredible and really fun, but like it's really long. Oh yeah. (laughs) So you have this like idea to like, not only write it, but to go through the process of editing and then like Mm -hmm. sending it off and then waiting for it to be printed. It's just, it's like a whole thing. So, um, but I recommend it to everyone. It's a great learning experience and it's, I, I would recommend to anyone also like trying to find a few people to write it with, um, where you all bring very different perspectives, but all have this like underlying theme that, um, draws all of it together.
1: No, I love this because this, a lot of these topics on here, like inner child healing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, somatic healing, like all of these things that you touch upon in the book, it looks like, you know, as far as these are things that I talk about with patients about that affect their sexual health and wellness and just becoming more mindful about yourself. And I think this is really, really great that you did this. So yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, no, I love it. That's really great. I can't wait for the second one to come out. <laughs> That'll be awesome. Yeah. So as, as far as your, I was, you know, I also was looking at your, um, you know, the, the online course mm-hmm. and, you know, tell me a little bit about that. And I know you, you know, you're doing the coaching and then we can't forget you have your podcast too. So, <laughs> so tell me a little bit about like what the course is that you're doing.
0: Um. So, are you referring to the Integrative Health One Hundred and One yeah, course? The 101, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Integrative Health One Hundred and One was actually with my mentor, who I like sought out and did my AP rotation with, and did my residency with. And um, she like and I have always talked about like how we can continue to work together. So, um, a few years ago, or I guess it was like twenty twenty one, we decided to do a live webinar series. And you know, we both are integrative health pharmacists, but have very specific specialties within it, mm-hmm. um, which just works so. Complementary to one another. Um, so like I did five lectures, she did five lectures. We had a cohort of like 15 pharmacists and pharmacy students who were with us through this live webinar series. That was a total of five weeks long. So every single week we had two, um, two live lectures, one from me and one from her. Oh, and, um, so we did like the one hour lecture and then had a Q and a, we did case studies, all of that good stuff. It was really fun. Um, and so as we went through it and we recorded all the sessions. And then after that, we had some people reach out being like, Oh, I missed It is, is the course going to, you know, come back soon. And so we kind of decided that we would, um, upload it to teachable.com and have it be a, you know, standing course where people could access at any time they wanted. So, oh, um, yeah, So that's what we decided. So that was, that's integrative health. 101 started off as a live webinar series and we have all the recordings up there. And, um, what Dr. Charlo and I, uh, what, um, we have decided to do is, um, do live webinars on a quarterly basis. Mm -hmm. So everyone who's purchased the course, um, also gets like a free, you know, live webinar. That's that's supposed to be like a a Q and a. So after Mm -hmm. you've gone through all the material and you want to chat about it and everything, then we can, we can sit down and like, you know, help with that. Um, so that's that course and then one of the other courses that um, I've been a part of that already launched um, that launched in 2020 that was the first ever online course for um, pharmacists to learn about cannabis medicine Mm -hmm. so that's called cannabis and science cannabis science and therapeutics for pharmacists Um, that's working with um, this awesome cannabis education platform called medical cannabis mentor and um, I helped write that course with a physician and we launched that in 2020 so that's also available if people are interested in learning more um I'm happy to provide the link to that course as well um yeah and um then the other course that I I mentioned very briefly was the consumer course so that's something that that I'm really proud of that will be coming out next month
1: that's awesome I love it and you know I really again with this integrative medicine with sexual health is so I think it's really it's definitely necessary mm-hmm. you know I know I've even, talk to patients about, so for example, like men with erectile dysfunction, where they're taking Cialis, but then they also take nitric oxide, you know, Mm. you know, you know, it's like just to give them a more of a boost, a daily boost. I mean, it's very interesting how we can integrate, really integrate medicine and give them options, you know? So I I think it's really great. Yeah, no. And then as far as your podcast, you're going to be talking about, um, element apothic specifically mm-hmm. or just what is that gonna look have you done some recordings yet?
0: So I've done a few recordings. Okay. I've done like the intro one and I've done a few others after that. And really what the focus is going to be on looking at the evidence-based perspective on the use of botanicals and cannabinoids. So what studies have been done, you know, mm-hmm. like for example with cannabinoids, you know, what type of disease states have been researched and mm-hmm. really like a lot of what I do, I feel like in my life is like debunk myths and stuff. So yeah. it's kind of like debunking myths or like you know kind of like myth or fact like is it real or not? So um, it's just looking at the research to see what is there, what isn't there. Um, And I have a group of incredible interns. So that's one of the things I do through the company is I run an internship program that is for doctor of pharmacy students, doctor of medicine students, and doctor of um, nutrition and dietetics students. Um, So I do, our current cohort will be done in April, but it's like every six months, I have a different cohort that comes through and they help me with a lot of this content creation. So a lot of the blogs you see, see like byline like by you know specific name those Mm -hmm. are all of our interns that really help with providing this evidence-based information and I mean, at the end of the day, that came out of like a need or like a want that, you know, I wish I had that experience when I was in school. I wish there was a way that I could like learn what it means to be in a startup, especially a startup with one of the co-founders being a pharmacist and like learn more about medical writing and medical writing from a consumer perspective, which is definitely something that's not talked about in, in pharmacy school. And then also like with this newest cohort that will be starting in late summer, like what I'm really excited about is there's going to be a full focus on provider education. So the creation of pamphlets and slide decks and and different Mm -hmm. things like that, that can also really help. So getting more of the, you know, almost like medical affairs experience, Mm -hmm. Um, whereas so far it's been more like scientific communications, more specific to like consumer education.
1: And, you know, it's funny, you mentioned that about medical writing. That's like a whole profession that I never even knew about until recently. I saw some things on LinkedIn and I was looking and I was like, wow, this is cool. But I never thought about that. And they, they want specifically, they want, you know, farm um, MD or DO. Yeah, you know, it's very interesting. Like we are wanted for that. It's a whole other profession to get involved in. You know, Definitely. And, and actually patient and prescriber education. It's amazing. Exactly. Exactly. And
0: that's actually, you know, when I was a resident, that's how I made a lot of my, my side money, honestly, wow. was yeah. like, that's how I got into medical writing, but I found out, you know, the hard way that, you there isn't really a lot of, you know, ways of learning or getting bylines unless you find a way to like, I'm not going to say trick the system, but you find a way to get more bylines. And that's a lot of what I've learned along the way is like, how do you build a portfolio without actually having real, you know, company experience? So that was another thing I wanted to give the students is like, for them to have bylines so it says by their name so every time that's awesome and i always like that was one thing that i realized when i got into the you know field of medical writing or anything really like within trying to find a job was like the first thing employers do is google you they might look you up yes. on linkedin they might look up your instagram but they google you because they want to yeah. i mean obviously they want to check if you have some criminal record duh but like <laughs> yeah. also yeah. they're also interested in like you know what comes up when i google this person and if the first thing that comes up is like a bunch of bylines by you. I mean that looks awesome. It looks great. Regardless of whether or not you want to go into medical writing or mm-hmm. you want to talk about the benefits of peppermint or whatever you know your article mm-hmm. might be for that month that I that I assign like it still shows that you have this online presence as a thought leader even as a student.
1: I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love that you did that as a side hustle too. Everybody's got a different thing. I sold sex toys. You did medical, writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I That's love it. Amazing, That's fantastic. Yeah. I love it though. That's great. But you know, it's a whole other profession now. It's, it's mm-hmm. really cool. Definitely. That's amazing. So as just to, you know, kind of close up this amazing discussion about integrative medicine. Um, what would be your top, I always ask this to my listener, um, for my, the people I interview, what would be the top three products that you would recommend? It can be from Element Apothic. It can be just from your practice for, for sexual health. Um, what would be like your top three recommendations or the or the first three things that you would recommend?
0: Mm, okay. So, so the first thing I would say is that this might be a weird answer. No, <laughs> the there's no weird thing. answers here. I mean,
1: look at what the podcast is called. It's called Sex Farm DC. Any Anything goes, there's no topic you can't talk about. <laughs>
0: so I think like coming from an integrative wellness standpoint and, you know, thinking about like whole person medicine and really what helps like bodies function overall, whether, you know, you're trying to have sex or you're just trying to take a walk. Like mm-hmm. I think that hydration is very underrated. Mm-hmm. So I always say when people ask me like my Tips like hydration has to be one of them because you just would be so shocked. Like, if you are like the average person is dehydrated, so imagine if you just up your water intake by like one cup every week. Like, that's your goal. It's like, you know, next week I'm gonna drink six cups, the next week I'm gonna drink seven. And you'll, you'll get to a point where you're like, all right, I think eight suits me super well, or like 12 suits me super well. And then that's what you'll continue to do. But I feel like there's a sense of like mental clarity with it. Mm-hmm. You'll like, I mean, your your GI track will be happier with you. There's just so many different, different aspects of what hydration can give us. And it's just so simple. And it's, you know, it, it, as long as you have access to, you know, a, a filter of sorts, then you're mm-hmm. like good to go. So, I mean, I that that would be one of my top recommendations um and then in terms of like getting an incredible like baseline and really trying to optimize what's called your endocannabinoid tone. So that's the functionality of your endocannabinoid system. Okay. Mm-hmm. I really love the idea of like the B well tincture, which is kind of like mm-hmm. our take on the multivitamin. So it has really incredible herbs. It has cannabinoids it has CBG, CBN and CBD in it. Um, it kind of has a very, very light, um, taste of peppermint, which is really incredible. Oh, it has things like turmeric nice. in it. Yeah. Okay. So it's, um, it's, it's really lovely. And I, especially like when it's cold out, I love to make just like a coffee and put a little bit in for like mm-hmm. some, some mint. Um, and then maybe I'll put in some cacao powder, like chocolate Stevia mm. or something, make my own like peppermint mocha. So I like, I, there's a lot of really innovative ways of taking it. You can put it in, you know, a mint chocolate chip smoothie. You can, um, put it in just water. You can, yeah, you can, I mean, and then of course the conventional way is taking it under the tongue. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of like, Different ways that work, that mm-hmm. you know, like I know that tinctures and like sublingual things are not like the norm like the norm for most people. So I always like to say that, like, there are other ways of taking it, but I think that could be really incredible. And then mm. I, I do love our lotion. I think our lotion yeah, I was is going to say, I love, I like that too. It's yeah. so great. It's like, so like rich and hydrating I mean it's called our nourish lotion, because that's really what it does. The best is it nourishes the skin. Mm. Um, and, um, that would be my other like top product is just like a go-to, you know, whether you use it as a massage lotion or you just use. It as like you know your lotion you keep in your purse like either or there it has just really incredible healing benefits so that would be my other you know suggestion from like an overall wellness standpoint that really just feeds into also your your mindset and overall like how you'll feel about sexual
1: wellness. That's no, I love that. I love I love that you said hydration too. I feel like that gets overlooked a lot all the time. And (laughs) conversation I had, I know, and it's like a conversation I had with patients it's kind of like, what does your diet look like? And do you exercise? Because that's like a huge component of how you're feeling. Yes. And how your body's functioning. So I think that's so important. That's great. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So as far as, um, you know, we'll we'll put all this in the show notes, how can people find you? What is your contact info? And all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah,
0: definitely. Just search my name on um on LinkedIn. I would love to connect with people. And, you know, if, if you're looking to, you know, learn more about cannabinoids or if you just want to connect and I, w- I would love to like learn more about the community and, and everyone that's, you know, within the pharmacy sphere or even beyond. So yeah, please um reach out and um, ask to connect. Would love to do that. So LinkedIn would probably be the best place to find me. Um, I also have an Instagram presence. So that's like at Dr. Swathi with Dr. Spelled out. Um, okay. so I can provide that in the caption. So those would be like the two ways to find me to learn more about, um, element apothic. You're more than welcome to go to our website, um, elementapothic.com, which we can have in the show notes. And then also it's, um, our Instagram is element as well. So, Perfect. um, those are the, yeah, the quickest, easiest ways. Um, and then if you want to learn more about our products, I do, um, there are multiple ways that you can interact with me just through the company. So I have an ask Dr. Swathi page on the website. So that's a direct, email message that comes to my inbox. So then I'm able to respond to anyone. Um, so I respond about, it's a lot of questions about, you know, like, do your products work for this? Like, what about mm-hmm. this? Like really simple, like one-off kind of questions. Um, but I also do free one-on-one consultations, like up to 15 minutes, if you're interested, um, where I'm, I'm happy to hop on a call and we can chat. And then if it, if we want to have, you know, more extensive conversations and I also do, you know, more extensive wellness consults. So that's also mm-hmm. something potentially people are interested in
1: great that is fantastic i love it thank you so much dr swathi i'm so happy that i've met you and don't forget you have your show on pharmacy podcast network yes i do also
0: that please check that out it's officially coming out in february so i'm not sure when this is airing but in february it will be out
1: yay this is so exciting well thank you so much (laughs) all right thank you bye-bye